So if mankind has fallen in chapter 3, how can God expect man to achieve perfect obedience to the law in Exodus chapter 20? He can't. Because at the fall of mankind, no man is able perfectly to obey the law of God. So God must have given the Ten Commandments for a different reason. Welcome to the Fox Den with Terry Fox. Greetings, everyone. Thanks for joining me in the Fox Den. Today, I want to talk about the law of God. And the first thing to mention here is there's a lot of people who think that in order to get to heaven, you have to perfectly obey the law of God. But there's a problem with that thinking. Did you know that God gave the law to Moses after the fall of mankind? We see that Adam ate the forbidden fruit in Genesis chapter 3, but God gave Moses the Ten Commandments in Exodus. So if mankind has fallen in chapter 3, how can God expect man to achieve perfect obedience to the law in Exodus chapter 20? He can't, because at the fall of mankind, no man is able perfectly to obey the law of God. So God must have given the Ten Commandments for a different reason. And that's what we're going to look at today in this episode. Now before we move forward, I want to talk about three different types of law in the Bible. You have religious laws, civil laws, and the moral law. You find the religious laws in books like Leviticus, which outlines how to perform different religious offerings. The religious laws no longer apply because Jesus fulfilled those laws. You see, back in the Old Testament, when God gave the religious laws to the Israelites, he was actually pointing forward to Jesus. So in Leviticus, when you look at the burnt offering... That offering pointed forward to Jesus. The offering itself did nothing. Let me show you what I mean. Leviticus chapter 1 lays out the procedure for performing a burnt offering. And that offering had to be a male with no blemish. In other words, it had to be a perfect animal. And they would bring it to the priest and the animal would be killed and its blood would be shed. So you can see just a few glimpses of how this points forward to Jesus who was without sin and yet he shed his blood. So the religious system of the Old Testament was really a picture of Christ. So the religious laws in the Old Testament no longer apply to us today. The civil laws were a little bit different. They were laws that God gave to the people of Israel for their everyday living. Now these laws don't really apply to us today. We might be able to glean from these laws and apply them in our culture, but typically these are not laws that we have to follow today. For example, in Exodus 23, the people were to work the land for six years and they were to allow it to rest on the seventh year. We see that in verses 10 and 11. So today we're not required to do that, but this was one of the laws for the Israelites. Now I'm not a farmer, but what I've heard is this is actually good practice. So we can see how God has stitched wisdom into his law back in the Old Testament So the civil laws of the Old Testament might be good things to incorporate into our laws today, but they don't necessarily apply to us today. The third law, the moral law, that applies to all mankind throughout all time. So, for example, if you look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, the command is to have no other gods before him. So God alone is to be worshipped, loved, and adored by us, and we're not to love any other god, as if any other god exists. So this isn't a law for the Israelites back in the Old Testament time. 
This is a law that applies to all mankind. No man is to have any other God before him. No man is to worship another God, because there is no other God. God alone is the only true and living God. Let me give you another example. In verse 15, it says, don't steal. That's a law that applies to all mankind of all time. So the Ten Commandments is what we call the moral law. Now, there's something important to note here. There's a song that you'll hear on Christian radio often, and it's called Love God, Love People, and it's sung by Danny Gokey. And he gets this song from Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, where Jesus summarizes the Ten Commandments. So in that section, a lawyer asked Jesus which commandment was the greatest. And Jesus answered by telling him to love God and love your neighbor. And he tells him that on those two commandments, the entire law and prophets depend. They hang on those two commandments. So it's what we call a summary of the law. Loving God, loving one another is a summary of the Ten Commandments. But there's a problem here, and I've already alluded to it. God issued the Ten Commandments after the fall of mankind. We tend to think that after the fall, God gave us the Ten Commandments as a means to saving ourselves. If you just obey the Ten Commandments, then you'll live. And then if we look at the summary of the law, if you just love God and love one another, you'll live or you'll be saved. Now, technically, that's true. If we were to perfectly obey the law of God, we would not be condemned. The problem is, we're fallen in Adam, which means we're guilty in him, and we've sinned on our own. You see, since the fall, it is impossible for any person who comes from Adam to perfectly obey the law of God. So when Jesus gave a summary of the law, loving God and loving your neighbor, he wasn't saying this is how you get to heaven. He was saying that God's law depends on those two commandments. Now, if we go back to the Ten Commandments, we can see that the first four commandments is loving God, and the last six are loving your neighbor. That's why we call it a summary of the law. In other words, you could say the first four commandments is basically loving God, and the last six are basically loving your neighbor. Now, there's a lot of people who think the heart and soul of Christianity is to love God and love others. And that is true to some extent. God has called us to love him. God has certainly called us to love our neighbor. But we have to be careful at this point. We can't think that we earn God's favor or his salvation by loving God and loving our neighbor. And the reason why is we won't love God perfectly and we won't love our neighbor perfectly. You see, the problem is this. This is a summary of the law. And the law is not a standard to achieve righteousness for salvation. The law has a different purpose. Let me say it again. God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses after the fall, when mankind was already corrupt and sinful. So then why did God give the law? Why did he give Moses the Ten Commandments? Well, first, it's a standard of who he is. He is holy, righteous, perfect, sinless. Second, it's to reveal sin. Paul talks about this in Romans 7, verses 7 to 12. And there he says he wouldn't have known what coveting was if it wasn't for the law that said, do not covet. And the fact that God said, do not covet, revealed the covetousness in our hearts. You can look at it this way. To some degree, the law acts like an activation switch. Think about a child. Isn't it interesting that they will do the thing that you tell them not to do? Put a cup on the table, tell them not to touch it. And you can see them want to touch the cup. 
It's like the fact that we said don't do it activated that sense in there to disobey. So the Ten Commandments are not a standard to achieve righteousness and salvation. The Ten Commandments reveal sin, but it does something else. When we compare ourselves accurately to the Ten Commandments, we recognize that we're not able to do it. That's the purpose. Because then what happens? We tell God, I can't do this. As much as I try not to covet what somebody else has, I find myself coveting what somebody else has. As I strive to not have any other gods before him, I find myself to have other gods before him. And then we come to God and we plead for mercy because we find that we cannot obey the Ten Commandments. So you see, the Ten Commandments drive us to Jesus. We fall on the grace of God. We plead to him for mercy. We rest on the work of Christ for our salvation. And notice, we turn away from our own efforts, our own obedience to the Ten Commandments, and we rest on his obedience. You see, we go to heaven because of his perfection, not ours. So why is this important? Well, I think the first reason why this is important is it reveals to us that it's not just about loving God and loving your neighbor. You see, that gives us a false sense of security. I'm not saying don't love God, don't love your neighbor. That's not the point. Of course we're to love God and love our neighbor. But don't have a false sense that by doing this, we make God happy and he lets us in the kingdom of God because we've loved him and loved our neighbor. Because we're not going to do either one perfectly. Again, as some people think, it's just about loving God, loving our neighbor, is that as if that's easy. Do you get irritated with your children? Do you get irritated with your friends, your spouse? Of course you do. Do you love them perfectly? Of course not. Do you love God perfectly? Of course not. So this discussion becomes important so that you realize that loving God and loving your neighbor is not the key to getting into heaven. It's the fruit of being made alive with Christ. So that brings me to the second reason why this is important. It helps us see that this is what God has called us to do as believers in Christ, though we're going to do this imperfectly. And finally, I think this is important because it helps you see the purpose of the law. God didn't give us the law to achieve righteousness, to achieve salvation. It's too late. We're fallen in Adam in Genesis chapter 3. He gave us the law to expose our sin and to drive us to Jesus. Well, here's my assignment for you. Listen to episode 12, where I discuss Romans 7 in more detail. And also listen to episode 4, where I talk about the only way to be right with God. There I help you see that we're not right with God by our obedience to the law, but by his grace. And then I'm going to suggest that you read Romans chapter 3, verses 9 through 20. And then memorize verse 20. There Paul tells us that nobody will be justified through the law, because the law reveals sin. In other words, Paul is telling us the purpose of the law was not to obtain righteousness. In fact, righteousness is obtained through faith, and he tells us that in verses 21 and following. And then finally, I'm going to encourage you to read Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 to 29. So I think you'll find these few exercises that I've given you to be helpful and encouraging. You see, we tend to beat ourselves up because we cannot obey God perfectly. We tend to think that he is going to kick us out of the kingdom because we can't do that. And this should remind us that God knows we're going to sin. He's given us the law not as a means to earn salvation. He gave us the law to reveal our sin and drive us to him, where we rest in his grace. 
You see, the law condemns those outside of Christ, but for believers, the law drives us to Christ because we see that we cannot obey God and our only hope of salvation is Jesus. So as you go about your week and you strive to love God and your neighbor and you fail to do so, come to Jesus, rest in the grace of God, acknowledge your sin, and know that you are forgiven. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. You can find this episode on several different apps. If you like what I do, please leave a positive review. Please share or tell others about The Fox Den. If you have any questions, please email me at terry at thefoxdenjournal.com. Also check out thefoxdenjournal.com to find articles and other resources. Thanks for listening. 